<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, I'm taking charge, and I'm interviewing Lara on her latest birth story. Um, again, this one has been a beautiful, positive story, and um, Lara will tell you all about it. So, Scary, Lara, how hey? was it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start off when the pregnancy happened and work from there? Yeah, sure. Um, it's weird for Max because she has to um, do the intro and interview me and she's not used to it. You've only done one interview before, haven't you? Yes. And you did so well. <laughs> but I'm learning from the best. So, you know, I'm doing uh-huh. good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I was excited to share this one. Um, not so much about the other the other one, but it was important. Um, from pregnancy, I guess I can talk about... Um, first off how I healed to be able to be pregnant because both of us went through trauma didn't we so in our heads we were just like I'm never going through that again um for those who haven't heard my first birth story you can um it is on this um podcast you can listen in it's um linked to trauma so if you are triggered there are there are links below um if you need them but this one's a lot happier. Uh, so I I guess I healed myself. I had to do a lot of work. I remember going to hosting a birth time uh, screening. Have you been to one of those? The birth no. time documentary. Um, it's it's a documentary created by these Australians. And you in order for people to watch it, you have to host a screening. And it's about how birth has been change throughout the the years and how there's so much trauma related to birth and it shouldn't be that way women should be empowered and and feel positive about their birth whatever that may be and so I hosted two actually documentaries and the start was me introducing myself and my birth story and I didn't realize how much trauma was there until I started talking about it because I guess you never really have that opportunity do you to know if you are traumatized by something, I guess that's from my opinion anyway. Um, so I, I sobbed in that, in that, um, screening and was like, something's here. Um, so I, I looked into it. I started going to, uh, I saw a psychologist later on, actually. I know you saw a psychologist quite soon, didn't you, Mags, after your birth? Uh, I I went through loads of different ones before I connected with the right one. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I am. But I I started down the alternative therapy route first. So I went, um, I actually went for a debriefing meeting with the woman who, the obstetrician and my midwife with Monty. Um, And I wasn't sure if I should have that because I was a year and a half postpartum. And I was like, oh, should I, am I allowed to do that? Um, but yes you are whatever age you are listeners like if you need a debriefing meeting it's really important to understand what birth you had and to try and put the puzzles back together in your head because what you think happened may be different to what was written down on paper and you can start piecing together and understanding why your birth went down that route so I think a debriefing meeting with the people who were there is important um I ended up I was told lots of things that um, my pelvis was the wrong shape for birth and I should have a C-section with my if I wanted to have another baby and I would I would tear again to third or fourth degree 
um, and I was likely to have shoulder dystocia again. So all of this stuff was being told to me by the midwife, by the obstetrician, and I was quite overwhelmed by it. And then I went to see uh, Jess, actually, who you see for your C-section scar. We did a Mexican healing ritual called Closing the Bones Ceremony where you you're having a massage and then near the end she kind of has she binds you she wraps you up in these mexican cloth around your feet and your hips and your head and she kind of swings you as if like you're closing off that part of your birth and then you can move forward um i had kinesiology appointment where she i you have to be very open-minded to all of this stuff so it's worth trying lots of different things to see what works for you. And I'm happy to share all the links of the people that I saw here. Um, and this one was very interesting in that she was, she was putting her sort of arms on me and, and feeling where there was trauma held in my body from a birth. And she, I, I went in like very clear headed. There was no issues there. Um, and she was hold, she went to a point on my hip and she touched it and I, started sobbing and just came out of nowhere and she she said there's a deep there's deep trauma here and I said yeah it was pretty traumatic the birth with Monty and she said it's not it's not Monty's I know it's a deeper birth it might be your you coming out of your mum's birth or it might be my mum coming out of my my nana so because it's all linked and your subconscious holds on to it is what they believe and I was like that's really crazy that you can hold on to this trauma from years and years even not your own um so that was very powerful because I wasn't expecting to be sobbing just out of nowhere um and she wasn't even barely touching me so it was weird so I did that um saw a psychologist um and and spoke a lot about my birth trauma as well and then I felt ready and I remember having a conversation with James my husband saying I'm ready like I'm ready to have a a second baby and he was like um I'm not (laughs) I know and I I remember getting so annoyed with him just being like how dare you be not ready it's my body I was traumatized it's all like I'm ready I've done the healing work it's been two and a half years I think um at that time and so I got over myself and I had a conversation with James and said, OK, why? Why aren't you ready? Talk to me. Uh, and he said, I just don't feel uh, I can give to another child. It's like because Monty has never been a great sleeper. So we were exhausted. And so James was just working and then coming back, not getting sleep and just surviving. And he was like, I want to be a good dad. And I don't feel like I'm even giving enough to Monty. And. I have I can't even go out and socialize I said well, okay well what will make you feel like yourself again because he said I don't feel I feel like a shell of myself and I was like oh wow okay and he's he said I, I need to go and see friends I need to go and socialize and I don't know if your husband went through the same thing but um it was good to have that conversation because I was always coming it from my angle because it was my body and because I experienced it but he obviously experienced that tra- trauma as well but just in a different way um uh, so he eventually what started hanging out with friends he had a regular social thing and he started exercising which always helps and then he was ready to go so I kind of we were mentally and physically ready because I've done all the physical work to get help the pelvic floor 
So I didn't leak at all throughout my pregnancy, which was exciting. <laughs> but I, I remember calling you, though, when it came to the um, being close to giving birth and, and feeling it, that sort of shit. What am I doing? I, I, I don't know if I can do this. But I think it's important to share this information in that I was told throughout as soon as I gave birth to Monty and throughout the whole time I was pregnant and the whole three years of Monty being alive, that I should have um, the next birth is going to be dangerous. I should have a C-section. I I'm not meant to birth. My pelvis isn't the right shape. So I had to go against all of the professionals and I seek out all of my own information Um and understand if it's true what they're saying or is there another way because I I felt deep down that my body was okay to birth and um I I wanted to have a a home birth and I I got quite upset when I wasn't allowed to have that because I hired a private midwife and I said I want a home birth and she said okay well let's just talk about your first birth I need to understand that and I was like why you know I'm good to go I'm ready for a home birth this is going to be a, my healing water birth whatever um and she said she could do it because I had shoulder dystocia I say that in air air brackets because I don't it wasn't a true shoulder dystocia and the second thing was that they have a threshold of hemorrhaging so if you've hemorrhaged more than 800 milliliters of blood then you can't do a home birth according to the midwife that I hired private midwife they have a threshold um so then I had to overcome that in my head I think that's when I hired a psychologist because I was like well I, I'm pregnant now and my plan of having a home birth has just been taken away from me I can't go into hospital I'm not I'm triggered by going into hospital um I don't know if you felt triggered going into hospital or if it was different for you some people get up, triggered by being at home like it's just whatever. Yeah, no, feel, I had a big meltdown. It? Do you remember when I went in for my first appointment? I had a massive meltdown. And yeah. you did it on your own as well. Mm, yeah, because I thought I was ready. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm good. I'm good to go. <laughs> and my so husband I... was so angry because he was like, babe, I told you I'm there for you. And I was like, no, I'm grand. I'm ready. But yeah. no, I wasn't. But then he was there for me that night when I came home and he was Aww. so comforting it was beautiful and he's like yeah. do you think we made the right decision I was like we're screwed now it's in we're there sc- yeah exactly that's the thing isn't it once it's in and then you've got all these fears again you're like oh shit what can I do now <laughs> um how much was the private midwife Sarah it was she was six grand so right. you, and then yep. you get this is Australian so six thousand dollars to listeners we, we are in Australia um and you get about fourteen hundred back from Medicare fourteen hundred fifteen hundred but then I thought, crap, that's a lot of money. Um, but she was amazing in that you can just pay her what you want each week. Like you pay her $10 a week as long as something is ha- coming out and there's an end and that you've written out the payment plan. So it worked out really well and it's just coming out and then we get rebates from Medicare each time she puts some And do you through. feel that that was a big um, bonus having her, that you were with the same midwife all the time? Yeah, so good, like, I was chatting to James about it because because we couldn't go through the Southern Midwifery Group because we were seen as high risk because of Monty's birth. Then I didn't just want a random in the hospital who would just treat me just like I'll see loads of different people. and It will just be uncomfortable. Um, She was brilliant. She even in the first visit, she put James's mind at ease and she started talking to him about 
ways that he can help and that she's going to be there for both of us, um, whatever the situation. And she even talked every question we had. She didn't give her opinion. She gave her um she just told us the facts and the evidence behind things, the pros and cons, the risks, the benefits, and left us to make our own decision. The fact that she said that we can say yes to everything and we can say no to everything. There's nothing that you have to do. And I think with the first birth with Monty, all of that was taken away from me. I wasn't asked if I were was okay with having an episiotomy. I wasn't asked if I was okay to... um have this shoulder dystocia hands inside me lie down on my back no one asked me and I think if things were different if they'd have said this is what we need to do here's the risk here's the benefits it would have been very different birth even if that had to all play out that way and it was a true shoulder dystocia even if they'd said to me can we do this yes or no here are the risks and benefits that would have made such a difference and I think the the thing I'm going to share that in the notes as well, that the midwife said brain as an um, acronym. So every time someone asks you a question, uh, tells you something, you think in your head, OK, what's the benefits of that? And you can ask them this. What's the benefits of that? OK, cool. What's the risk of that? OK. Or what's the what happens if we don't do um, anything? Um, I can't remember the A-I-N, but I'll write it down and I will remember and I'll put it in the notes. Um, but it was very interesting to have that and be empowered to ask those questions because I was very much with the first one, a good girl, a people pleaser. Like the professionals come in. I've been brought up in a medical background. My All my family are doctors and nurses. So I think, OK, they're right. I have to listen to what they have to say. So asking those questions was very nerve wracking for me because I was like, I felt like I was being against. I was being told off by a teacher and I should just say yes to everything and just agree and be it be a good girl that's how you're brought up to be a good girl yes okay um so it was hard to start with especially going for these appointments throughout my pregnancy and seeing these obstetricians and them telling me I should have these c-sections and I'm going to have fourth degree tears and just I remember being in one of the appointments and I I sobbed I had to walk out and the midwife had to then ask the questions because I was just like it was weird for me to go against these professionals telling me this stuff and then afterwards I remember the midwife saying something like because originally the one of this new obstetrician said oh it's fine you don't have to have a c-section all good to go and then the next appointment I had with her she said oh I've just read your notes properly and you've already been told that you should have a c-section by a, a different obstetrician so I would highly recommend a c-section and I was like what is this I'm so confused and then the midwife afterwards she said don't worry she has to cover herself. She can't go against her work colleague. So she's just going to write her notes now in her computer and say, I also advised according to so-and-so that she should have a C-section. So she's just covering herself, which is just crazy. And it's like, how do you know this stuff? Unless, how do you know? <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. It's just crazy. So the whole time I was just in this going against the people, going against my my upbringing of being a good girl um so that was that was powerful looking back because the birth was so amazing and I was right to go with my gut and go against everyone even my my mum my mother-in-law everyone said do a c-section because that first birth was horrendous but it's like you're going against these 
the people that you love and all of the professionals. And then you're like, what happens if I'm wrong and I give birth and it's a catastrophe and <laughs> I baby dies, like worst case scenario, or both of us do. So tough one, um, but <laughs> needed to happen. Obviously, it worked out well. Um, orig- I was even going to say I'm just going to stay at home and just have the baby at home. But then if I was to hemorrhage, if I am someone who just hemorrhages after birth, they have three minutes to get blood into me if I lose two litres. And Flinders is like 10 minute drive away. So a bit risky that way. Um, Yeah. So I can talk about my actual birth now, if you like, or. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose really... um... You did this, Lara, with, um, you know, no pain relief. So do you want to talk us through that? How far were you, you know, say for the difference between Monty's um, going into labor to going into labor with A. Mm. <laughs> I'm not even going to say his name. <laughs> I was actually saying it to Buzz the other day and she was like, oh, my God, you're cracking me up. Um, but um, what do you call it? Um, yeah. So what was that like? What was that like? Did the fear come back? Did you mm. feel oh my god what's happening or did you feel now nah, I've got this I know what I'm doing um did you feel empowered in your own body in your own mind at the time and how far were you before you went into hospital yeah um so I felt I felt good um well first when I had that first because my waters broke when I um was reading a story to Monty so this was about six thirty in the evening and I got up and I was like <gasps> holding my crutch like Monty I just have to go and I'm I'm just leaking I just have to go and get Fizz to read you the rest of the book and then I've run out to the to mum I was just like holding my crutch I, I'm my waters are definitely broken now and just water gushing everywhere she starts laughing and she went back to the bedroom and then told Monty and said mummy's just wet herself so she just needs to go and clear up but she'll be back um and I felt I didn't, I don't know if I was thinking, I just thought, cool. Okay. My waters are broken. And then about an hour, I called, I messaged the midwife and I messaged James and he was fortunately enough. He was, he's going to be home in like 10 minutes. And then, so the midwife said, cool, things are going, it's good. And then about seven 30, I think I had my first contraction. Um, and then I thought, ah, this is a contraction. Shit. I know that these are going to ramp up. <laughs> I think that's the only thing when you first given birth, you don't know what to compare it to. But this time you're like, yeah, this is going to get harder. <laughs> so I was like, this is fine. Like I, I've, I've sent my birthing plan to the midwife and that's what I didn't have before with Monty. I didn't write a birthing plan. And, and I thought it was a bit weird, a bit, a bit odd, a bit, I guess I was thinking in my head, a birthing plan means that I'm taking control and I'm a bit, um, what's the word uh trying to be a pain in the ass for the professionals but no you're not you're just writing out your preference of what you would like to happen um ideally in your birth I think they call it something different now rather than plan um but I was confident that midwife had that and uh she called ahead the to Flinders hospital and and said could you make sure you read the birthing plan because in my notes it says past birth trauma in red like this is what has happened so because a lot of people apparently don't read the birth plan so listeners make sure that you do have everyone 
reading your birth plan if you want them to, because apparently lots of them don't. I don't know why. What's the point in writing one if you're not going to read it? So that was sent ahead. And I was on the Pilates ball in my bedroom and things started ramping up a bit more. Uh, and then the, then the midwife came and Nikita and she was just like, do you want me to be here? I was like, yes, be here. And then we started putting on like this happy music in the bedroom. It was just me. And I, I was just sitting there just like here, looking like I was praying on the bed, just rocking from side to side. Um, oh, I forgot, you know, what the lovely thing was that I did, that I got the idea from the doula who was my backup, because um, you were part of this too. I was bought a candle and a little um, woman figurine. In uh, She was crossing her legs. So I had her and the candle and I sent a message. I had a group of mums, 10 mums who were on this messenger group. And I said, I'd love you to buy a candle. And when I when I'm in labour, I want you to light the candle because then I know when I'm looking at this candle that I have all this strength from all you other mums. And I've, every time I look at this flickering candle, I just feel the strength in me. And it was so amazing to have that knowledge and, and just know, because all of you messaged back, sharing photos of the, your candles. I even had um, one person doing like a birth altar for me, like the figurine and like some affirmations on there too. And they they had their children involved. And just knowing that, actually really helped when the contractions took over because you were talking about the pain management it's like the more I relax I know in my head the more I relax the easier it is but when you're in fucking pain you're just like okay I need something to help me relax into this so it was it was great just to look at the candle and know that I can do this everyone has done this everyone is there's so many people in the world who have given birth these birthing mothers will give me strength and it really helped knowing that you're all there and you'll knew me so that was amazing uh, and then it started ramping up and I was like, wow, I can't even talk now. So this is there's no like down part of the wave. I was just like rocking. So then I don't think I felt fear because I knew I might be triggered of that moment because that was my first trigger with Monty's birth going in the car to the hospital and everything starts escalating. And it was all just a shitstorm. But this time, I think because Nikita was there and she would called ahead and I heard her call ahead saying that Lara's going to be there. It just sounded more organised. And then James drove me. I was sitting in the back. I had um, sunglasses on and big headphones. So I had my affirmations on in my head. <laughs> and these sunglasses <laughs> on. I'm going to show you a photo because I look like I look like a blind person in a wheelchair when I'm inside the um, inside the hospital, just like or, or so, like a celebrity with my shades on and my headphones, you know, <laughs> just being wheeled in. It was it was comical. Um, so the whole process happened. I got dropped off and then Nikita was there and James went to park and I was holding on to her every time I had a contraction. And then she took me into through A&E. So I was in the middle of A&E with everyone staring at me, but I didn't feel as vulnerable as I was when I had Monty, I think because it was organized again. And then Nikita put my sunglasses on and they found a wheelchair for me straight away because they knew I was coming. And then I had to get I had to stop them every time I had a contraction because I couldn't be wheeled in the wheelchair. And I remember that from Monty's birth as well. So we we went through everywhere to get up to our room, room number seven. Um, and then 
instantly the room was dull lit because they must have read the birth plan and Nikita was there and James was there so they knew what I'd wanted they want the root so they dulled the room down they put all of these little candles everywhere and they said do you want the music on the speaker rather than in your headphones I was like yes and then I was just I know as soon as I saw the bed in the room I was like get that out get that away from me and I was like I'm not going on that bed because that was a trigger I was like I'm not getting on my back in stirrups no one has the opportunity to put me in that position so put it away and so Nikita's like don't worry that bed you're not going to touch it like unless you just need to hang off of it we won't let anyone do that uh, and I was just rocking um, and it ramped up and then it was intense and I said to James I can't do this I can't do this if if this is going to go on for longer I just can't do it anymore and I remember from the hypnobirthing training that they told the partners if they if the birthing mother starts saying that to you you know it's coming to an end it's like happening and I was like I don't believe it I I I can hear myself talking it I can't believe it's coming to an end soon because I don't know didn't this was a different birth for me so I was in the room just rocking and I remember one position. I must have looked like a complete idiot. Uh, I was sitting on the Pilates ball at a weird angle. So let me show you. And I know listeners can't see it, but I'll try and explain it very well. I was holding onto the bed here and I had my bum on the Pilates ball and I was leaning out as I was sitting on the ball like this and just pushing my bum into the Pilates ball, just rocking and holding one hand on the bed. Really weird it's just funny how your they say that your animal instincts come out and you you just move how you need to move and so that was my odd one to be in and then I was still fully closed at this time and I said I I'm pushing I'm pushing into the ball and I thought in my head I'm worried that this baby's going to come out into this ball so I said I said I, I want to push and they said okay cool Oh, the midwife who was part of Flinders came in. Apparently she introduced herself and I wasn't even looking at her. I was like, whatever, just do your thing. I don't care because Nikita's here and James is here. I don't care about you. And I don't, I was very negative. Yeah, (laughs) I was very negative about anyone in that hospital, which was unfair of me. And I'll tell you afterwards. Um, But then, so she said, okay, well, let's take your trousers off um, and your knickers. And then uh, they put a crash mat on the floor. Well, I call it a crash mat. It was just like a thick padded mattress or whatever. So I was on all fours um, and they're taking my trousers off and things. Um, and then Nikita said, okay, just do what you need to do. Uh, and I heard her turn. I saw her turn or heard or whatever. She looked away to ask for um, like a hot flannel or something to be put on my um perineum because I heard that if you're on all fours and if you have some hot compress there it can help uh without uh not get severe tearing so I said that's the only time I want someone to touch me and I want Nikita to to be the one because I've heard that because I was controlled pushing I was coach pushing with Monty and all of this and I was like I don't want anyone talking to me I don't want anyone touching me so the only time was the hot compress so she said, can we just get a hot compress? And then she turned back to me and was like, don't worry, heads out. And I, I remember feeling this. I know they talk about like ring of fire. The ring of fire. Yeah, the ring of <laughs> fire. Yeah. But I don't know if I felt that or if it was just this intense feeling. And it felt so much better when the head came out. So I think I was pushing so much 
or trying to breathe push but it was just like that intense sensation where you're just like all I can do is push and it's just like ah release heads out and then all this water was gushing out and I suddenly worried that it was blood because of the hemorrhage from the first one I was like it's fine so I was just rocking and I was thinking cool no one's telling me to push again no one's just I just shall I just wait and I was just like I'll just wait then because no one's telling me what to do. So I was just rocking on all fours with this head out of my ass. Felt like out of my ass. <laughs> I didn't know where anyone was. I was just in my zone rocking. And then suddenly I felt that urge again. And it was just like a weird sort of flop blah, come out of my ass. But it was obviously <laughs> not my ass. <laughs> and then this thing just dropped in and they in between my legs. Um and they said, let's get your top off. Your baby's here. Hold your baby. And I was like, oh, what baby? What do you mean? I can't pick it up. What? I was just like, what? <laughs> and then I eventually picked it up because I didn't know the sex. I picked it up and looked at it. I was like, it's a boy. And I sneered at James like, I wasn't expecting a boy. Give it back. <laughs> just like there's some balls here where there should be a vagina. And I just held it, just rocking on the floor, just in this uh, just mess of goo and blood. And then they said, um, we're doing delay. They knew everything. They were like, we're not cutting the call. Let, let's get you up um, onto the bed. And they said, don't worry. We're getting you on the bed um, if you want to. And we're just going to put um, a hot towel around you because it happened so quickly. It happened. I was in hospital at 1045 at night. Baby came out at seven minutes past 11. So it's like intense. So it came very quickly. So I had hot towels thrown on me and I was left on my on the bed holding Arthur. But we didn't know his name. I'd love you to say Arthur, by the way. You need to go. Is baby crying? Yeah. Can I just grab him? Yeah, go for it. And I will grab him and put him on me. Okay. Yeah. This is mum life. So I was um, while Mags is going to get her little boy. I was then uh, given some uh hot yeah hot towels rocking there sitting there it was so lovely in that I could have that time with Arthur and he was just doing skin to skin and I was wrapped in a hot towel and they just said that was amazing and James was saying to me how amazing it was and how quick it happened and he was so smiley and happy it was so lovely how he was and then they I think they were just leaving me to it and they said do you want James to hold Arthur like you feeling uncomfortable do you need to um do you feel like you want to birth a placenta now and I said um I feel that sensation um they said okay well you could put Arthur in between your legs and you can go on all fours you could try that so I tried that and it wasn't comfortable uh, so I gave Arthur to James and um then I I felt better sitting on my bum and then pushing sort of gently pushing out the placenta it was really weird because I was able to birth the placenta on my own um, and then the placenta came out and they they inspected it to check that it'd come out as a whole and I hadn't had any of this before with Monty so I'd not seen my placenta before I couldn't birth it naturally it was very different and they they kept asking me, is it OK to do this? Is it OK to put towels on you? Is it OK for us to give Arthur to James? Is it OK? The whole time they were asking me and I was the empowered mother, which was just 
amazing and I felt odd in that I was like I'm the good girl you should be telling me what to do but I was like no I'm the empowered mother here and I am telling you what I want and what I don't want so you're constantly against it's constantly battling in your brain because that's your natural fallback as the good girl so they showed me the placenta which was exciting and they then I started um then James got to cut the cord which was nice um and then I then Arthur sort of sat on my boob and he started suckling and feeding. I was like, this is really weird. It's just so easy and natural and calm. And I was still in the dull room and still had that calming music playing. And James was just there smiling over me. No one had rushed in. Um, and then I suddenly thought, oh, my God, have I am I bleeding? Because I felt like wet. And they said, don't worry, it's, it's a normal amount. And they kept changing the 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 paper underneath me and they were like no it's all good because they they were checking as well because of the hemorrhage from the first time um i think i hemorrhaged about 400 mil which they say is slightly on the higher side but it's still great like it's still not an issue Uh, and then they came they said we just need to check you for what tearing you've had i was like yes please because i want to know because i can't deal with another really big tear so they said we need to put your feet up in the stirrups um are you okay with that and I said I looked the fear went over me and I I was they could see it the midwife was like you know what we can do just get your knees up and then we'll have Nikita holding one leg and James holding the other do you feel like that would be better for you I was like okay cool so my legs were up and I was shaking and I think it was still from the shock of giving birth so quickly and it wasn't that I was fearing the situation because I wanted to know if I'd torn I'm still shaking the hands here and so, <laughs> so this um the midwife was like you did amazingly um da 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 I can't remember what she said and then this woman came in and was going oh no the midwife checked me and she was like I think you've got like a tear on your vulva and a slight tear maybe that we might need to stitch um but I'm not sure I want to get a second opinion I was like okay no problem um and then the woman came in to change she said congratulations on your birth I'm so sorry you had experienced what you did with the first birth and it was it was like I was taken aback like what so you'd read the birth plan you you knew about my birth and you were actually acknowledging that I had a bad experience and congratulate it was so lovely and the whole time she just said are you okay if I just check you um I just want she was explaining everything she was doing um and I ended up um not needing I had that stitch like first degree tear um so they stitched because of where it was because they said it it probably wouldn't heal very well because of the the position of it so they stitched but the fact that they weren't sure whether it needed a stitch meant it was pretty minimal um which was amazing and that was pretty painful actually because they had to inject something to numb the area and that was very sharp and tender but I could just feel the tugging of the stitches and then I was sort of left to have time with Arthur and James and the midwife was in and out just filling out paperwork. Nikita was just sitting there chatting to us as if it was an everyday thing. It was really relaxed and I was just amazing feeling. I think I was in shock and Nikita at one point said, James is really happy, like really excited. She had to have, she just said, let Je- let Lara be excited too because he was just like... <laughs> that was so different that was like how it was meant to be and da, 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 da. and 
um because it took a lot for him to then go with me and us to go against all of those medical professionals saying all of these things because he could obviously say oh I I I disagree Laura I think we could should do it this way oh it's my turn now we're always got babies in (laughs) all right um it's all right so um then then I was allowed to have a shower like Nikita said okay you can go for a shower if you want and um, then I was like really do you think I could stand she said have a go like if you can't then don't but how do you feel um because obviously with the first one I had a catheter in and I was um, just got out of general and I, I wasn't able to shower on my own or we on my own for four days or something. But this time I actually felt good and I wanted to stand up because I have blood everywhere. Um, so I, I walked into the shower and I had a shower like, I don't know, an hour later. And it, Nikita had to dry me off. <laughs> so I was f- fully naked, just like, you know, whatever. Everyone's seen everything now covered in blood um they did say that i had to wee a certain amount in order for me to leave um but that was the other thing like i could have stayed in hospital because it was about 1am but nikita was saying to me you don't have to like you can discharge yourself if you're feeling good i was like really really and then the midwife who was there she said yeah i can just get some paperwork for you just to sign to con- you're saying that you are consenting to leaving um and so we did. We left and we were home by 3.30. It's just having that added person to tell us, you can say yes to things, you can say no to things. Like you always have options and whatever you feel is right for you, like just go with that. It was just such a different birth. And then coming home and I didn't feel like I was um, going to fall out of my vagina, like just standing up it was just very different just having control of your own body um, and feeling empowered in your body. And I suppose for you as well, you were on such a high, you know, building mentally, building yourself up. Because as you said, you were going against everyone, family and medical professions that you were like, if this does go wrong, what do I do? And then it didn't go wrong. And you're like, oh shit, what do I do now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy because you probably just had the, I can never pronounce that word, that a general, general, you know, a general, a general, uh, you know, as in like when we do something crazy, we have that. Oh, adrenaline. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's another one I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) And no matter how many times I try. Um, But yeah, it's so interesting because you probably would have been on a high for a couple of days before you hit reality. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was kind of expecting to have these big emotions and just start sobbing and being like, I had my healing birth. Like it was amazing. I feel really empowered. But I didn't have that. I had I had a weird feet. It was different. I felt um, I was sobbing. Sorry. I was sobbing from the fact that Monty had the birth he did and I couldn't give him the birth that Arthur had. And I felt guilty. I felt so much guilt um, for a good couple of weeks after the birth. And I, every time I thought about it or spoke about Arthur's birth, I would sob for Monty's birth. It was really odd. But it, look, I feel that way too. Like I found, and I said to you before I came on, you know, with um, Rory, like, you know, me and my husband speak about it so many times now because it um it completely healed us, you know, from Sean. Yeah. But like 
you know, at this time with poor Sean, like his mommy was leaving him. I was in and out of hospital where this time with Rory, I'm enjoying so much with my baby. And it's just, it's amazing how different it is and the different mindset and the different person I am. And, you know, sometimes I, um, I don't know, I think I overdo things with Sean. Like I don't want to be like away from him. And it's kind of like, Mags, it's okay. (laughs) I do exactly the same. And I kind of worry that then he's going to grow up being like this, precious little boy because I'm trying to overdo things because I felt like he's gone without or he had this horrendous start to life so I feel this guilt yeah it's crazy yeah but it's just amazing you know for both of us like having um two different stories and you know any of our listeners to see um you know that we both had two different journeys and like just from yours to show people that you can you know um hire someone privately because I didn't know that no um and um you know that you can uh, you can say no to the professionals and you know it's I think you're really empowering women with your decision where I literally went by the book you know because I I had a lot of fear I was really really scared and um I you know as I said it crossed my mind so many times about having a natural but it was always pulled back in that you can't you can't you can't you know yeah um and even when you did have um a like I was very emotional because I was like could I have done that you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I think for women to feel empowered in their bodies is just absolutely amazing so you're a real inspiration to go against all the odds and come out the other side and I know you got a bit of criticism um, when you did share your story, um, you know, mm, and yeah. like I, I just want to put it out to people. Like it took a lot for you to do what you done. It wasn't easy and it wasn't that you were gloating because I messaged you that time afterwards because I felt my heart bled for you because no one realized what you went through to build yourself up mentally and physically to do what you'd done. And you were sharing your happy ending and we live in a society where we're wrong to share our happy ending and we're wrong if we share our, our sad ending. And I think that's why a lot of people keep quiet about things because mm-hmm. um, of what the next person thinks of, but we shouldn't have to. So anyone that's listening, if you've experienced a traumatic or if you've experienced a healing birth, or if you've experienced, you know, all your births have been amazing well done you know don't hide in the corner and say I can't talk because I don't want to make someone else feel bad you have to feel good in yourself of what you've achieved you know what I mean definitely I think that's important and it was from a friend as well who was just like you're gloating um but she obviously has her own things going on and her own trauma to deal with and you, you can't please everyone so you're just better off being you and then just dealing with that and you're always going to get someone saying things to you that you feel like that um I think the main thing is to just ask questions be curious about things and just not take no straight away um as a response just keep asking and educating yourself like I've got all of these links that the ones that I use to educate myself with and the people I follow on Instagram and um I can share all of those links in the um in the podcast notes to help others um just feel more empowered and like even if even if that means because like with you you felt confident going in for a c-section because you've got a Mm -hmm. sling put in as well so it's different we have different bodies so it may not, you may have t- chosen the right path for you. Um, we don't know. 
but the fact that you've come out of your birth um, healed and empowered is ultimately what we want for every mother, like whatever the birth is. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it is. And that's what I say to people as well. We all have different stories, different journeys, different everything, you know. So it's, um, I just love it that we both have come together because of breath trauma yeah. and have gone for different ways for our seconds and ended up with boys and we both thought we were having girls again and it's I was saying it to one of my clients earlier everyone keeps asking me am I going back for the girl and I'm like I bloody went back for the girl and I got given the boy <laughs> you'll go back for the girl it'll be another boy and end up with three yeah. so I was like no I'm happy too is my yeah. I'm done but it's yeah. so funny so Lara I'm gonna ask you you going back for the girl hell no <laughs> I'm done especially with all this malarkey it's not even the birth because I feel good like the birth would be good again but it would just be all of this rubbish afterwards like the mastitis and the breastfeeding and the sleep deprivation it's like nah I'm okay (laughs) well well done it's been um so good to hear your story because I we've been drips and drabs so it's been really nice to actually hear the whole lot of it because we, I haven't heard the whole lot of your story. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause remember we were droop drives and I yeah. tell you when we do our podcast and now I've got the whole lot. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, um, so um, I suppose we'll finish up there. So, um, oh, I forgot. I was actually the host. <laughs> <laughs> You're always waiting for me, aren't you? Yeah. So thank you everyone that has listened today. Um, and Lara will share all the resources at the bottom of this podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Anyone um, that wants to reach out, please send us an email. Um, we're always here to answer questions and to our best ability. Um, and please leave us a review. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. I'm not going to